There's more consolidation in the industry as more gaming purchases are being made. Plus, Google is demoting Stadia to a technology rather than a service. Tonight is February 6th, 2022, and the Bobby Blackwell Show featuring your calls and chat comments is up next. So, so you would say even uh, if... Okay, I'll let you go. You talk. Wow, what, what happened to your voice? Thank you, Skype. So video games, that's what the show is about. This is that one, Akia Ripper from uh, Sweden. And what's with all the Halo hate, Bob? You've been hating on Halo a lot lately. I, I just don't like shooters. I'm not saying it's a bad game, I just don't like it. Billy OK says he can't be seen in public playing games that aren't hardcore, what would people say? And what up, G and Chad is once again talking about wrestling. That's why it's it's not because they hate the fans. It's more because they have to start from scratch. Uh, hogwash. Later. From a little room in Atlanta, Georgia, Bobby Blackwolf. That's right. The animated emotes are now in the chat. My little Wolfie logo, headbangs. And we didn't play a sh- song before that you could headbang to, but it's there. You can jam to it now. We finally added some of those. Uh, hello, everybody, and welcome to, I guess, an animated edition of the Bobby Blackwell Show, where we discuss the current news affecting the video game industry, as well as sometimes reminiscing about gaming's history. My name is Bobby Blackwell. If you're joining us live here on the Voice Geeks Network Twitch channel, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. We do tape this show live Almost each and every Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, over at that Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Network. You can join us, and I'll be trying to read intelligent comments from chat throughout the night. I do say almost, because um, next week, I will not be on the air. Orange Lounge Radio, uh, that comes on after us at 9 p.m. Uh, Eastern, 6 p.m. P- uh, Pacific, they will still be here. Uh, so I will not be here. It turns out uh, there is a small gathering of uh, some friends to go watch something that's going to be on TV next Sunday. Uh, and I haven't seen some of these people in two years for obvious reasons. It's a much smaller gathering than it has been in years past. Uh, and uh, so we made the the consolidated guest list. Uh, so I am going to be going out and being social uh, in a safe way uh, next Sunday. So uh, I will not be uh, here. Uh, I will instead... Um, be uh be 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 watching uh some TV and actually really talking to my friends more than more than watching TV but uh but uh Rob Roberts uh then points out that Orange Lounge Radio will be out on the 20th so I will be alone the following week OLR is going to be alone next week uh while while we're all watching the Olympics cuz that's exactly what it is we're all going to be just uh, watching some curling uh, the the Olympics, the Winter Olympics is going on right now, and it's great because I can give like all. I I feel like this this super analyst for sports I just remembered existed, and like I'm I'm like watching these athletes, and I'm like, oh yeah, you know, the, she put her arms in too soon. That's obviously why she was off balance. That's a rookie mistake. And mind you, I haven't watched this sport in four years, but you know. So, uh, so yes, yeah, so there's going to be no show next week, but usually Sunday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, Voice Geeks Network, that's where we tape this show. If you can't be here during the week, uh, join us on our Discord server, vognetwork.com slash Discord will get you into the server. Uh, we actually talk about things during the week, news stories get shared uh, throughout the week, and you can kind of get a sense of what we're going to talk about here on the show. Uh, and one of the things I like to do uh, is I do like to read comments from previous episodes, and uh, I, this got buried. I forgot to like even put it in the show roll, but I mentioned that, and I'm like, somebody did give a, put a comment here, so I'm scrolling back up to try to find it, um, because uh, it, it was a really good comment about uh, um, about Meta 
And I, I want it's, it's also a correction. It's also a retraction and a correction kind of on my part. Uh, Bowl on our Discord, who can't be here uh, live because it's super late at night where he is when we are here live. Uh, Bowl posted about that he, how he was catching up on podcasts uh, recently. And from the last podcast episode, there was a tiny nitpicking note he wanted to make about Meta which is Facebook, being the umbrella for Facebook products. And he wanted to point out that Oculus, because I had mentioned that Oculus was a a brand under Facebook, Oculus is not under that umbrella, uh, but part of the umbrella itself as the whole brand got retired and their main product now in line is now the Meta Quest, unless uh, they are seen as the Quest branch now, which he doesn't know. Uh, talking about shooting themselves in the foot by destroying the brand that has been the closest to gaining mainstream reception. I'll have a VR headset. Oh, you got the Oculus. Uh, would love to hear their reasoning for dropping it entirely. And, and this also came to head because there was a, a clip on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon uh, of a person talking about his Oculus. Now, it's called the Meta Quest now, but he was talking about his Oculus and how his son got his Oculus. And, uh, you know, they, they, it was this long, like, eight-minute interview about their Oculus. Uh, you know, which is basically it is the VR syn- uh, synonym for or it's the synonym for VR, kind of like how back in the 80s, every game was a Nintendo game. Sonic the Hedgehog was a Nintendo game. Yes, you played it on the Genesis, but to your parents, it was a Nintendo game. Uh, so uh, uh, there there was this uh, Tonight Show clip and basically uh, the, the celebrity uh, was told by his by his son that uh, he, he would be able to you know, basically exercise and work out, which is the exact same excuse I use for my parents uh, to get a Nintendo. I'm like, give me the power set. It has the power pad and I'll exercise. So they got me that. And I played with, with my fists on world-class track meet uh, like, like most kids did. I never really exercised on the thing. And so, but that's what the kid said. But then uh, he, he said, I was watching what my kid was doing and he was operating, he was running a job simulator, operating a cash register. And I want to mention that uh, what the kid was most likely playing was actually the game Job Simulator, which is actually kind of amazing. It is actually a really fun game. It's a very early game in VR. Uh, It was one of the first games I played on my HTC Vive when I got it in 2016. Uh, And so it is fantastic and it's hilarious, but it was played off on The Tonight Show as, you know, oh, he was just ringing up people in the cash register but they kept calling it the oculus over and over and over again they kept calling it the oculus calling it the oculus when it's now the meta quest 2 and that's what you're actually supposed to call it oculus is gone uh and uh that's i I, i'd like to know the reasoning for that marketing move as well zen monkey 11 says meta quest 2 is the dumbest name i ever heard i don't mind them changing the name but make it a better name uh uh and uh and not a name that's worse and he says they could call it MetaVision. Well, I think they're trying to keep the quest. I think to them, to to Meta, Quest is the system. Like, that is the headset. They actually don't. They want Quest to be the name that you remember, not Oculus. Um, so, I th- you know, kind of like how it's the PlayStation, not a Sony. It's an Xbox, not a Microsoft. They want it to be a Quest, not a Meta. Anyway, thank you so much for that uh, correction, Bull. Uh, I, I do appreciate it, and I apologize for not remembering it until I was on the air, and I'm like, I should scroll up and find that. All right, so uh, let's get into the big news that happened this week. Uh, more consolidation in the gaming studio industry. This one not as big as the one two weeks ago uh, with Microsoft buying Activision, but now 
Kotaku reports that Sony has responded to Microsoft's record-shattering deal to buy Activision Blizzard with acquisition news of its own, announcing today it plans to buy Destiny 2 maker Bungie for $3.6 billion. Bungie will reportedly remain an independent subsidiary of Sony Interactive Entertainment after the deal closes, leaving it free to self-publish and reach players uh, however it chooses, according to Sony. That's uh, in contrast to past acquisitions by both Sony and Microsoft, which have been uh, seen previously multi-platform studios like Bethesda go exclusive. Uh, according to uh, Jim Ryan, the PlayStation boss, in a press release, quote, this is an important step in our strategy to expand the reach of PlayStation to a much wider audience. We understand how vital Bungie's community is to the studio and look forward to supporting them as they remain independent and continue to grow, unquote. So this is a really interesting thing for Bungie uh, to, to see. And I made this joke, and, and some people didn't like this joke on Twitter. So I'm going to remake it here so you can not like it here as well as not liking it on Twitter. But uh, Bungie was purchased by Microsoft in 2001. Uh, they were a Mac developer. They were one of the best, the, the one of the only developers that really was committed to bringing gaming to the Macintosh. Um, and they did so with Marathon. Marathon was their first person shooter. It was a Mac exclusive. And Microsoft needed a flagship game for their new Xbox, and they saw Marathon. Halo was originally being built, built as a Mac game. Microsoft bought Bungie, made Halo an Xbox exclusive. Uh, Bungie left in... Uh, uh, Bungie split off in, like, 2016 or something like that uh, because they wanted... Or Bungie, like, 2008, I think. 2008, 2009, Bungie split off. They're like, we, we want to be independent. We want to do our own things. We don't want to do the Halo thing. Here, Microsoft, you have Halo. We're going to do some other things. And I don't know exactly what the year that was, but that's what happened. Then Bungie gets acquired by Activision. Now, Bungie left Microsoft because they didn't want to be a part of a big, large organization. Well, then they were acquired by Activision. And that's where Destiny came from. And they, they, they worked on Destiny. Uh, and then they got tired of being in Activision because they didn't like being owned by a giant conglomerate. They wanted to be more on their own. So they split off from Activision. And now here they are getting bought by Sony. And once again, now they're being owned by a large conglomerate. In fact, it's a bigger conglomerate than any other company that they had ever been owned for by before. Uh, so my prediction on Twitter is that in a couple of years, they're going to split from Sony and then Nintendo will go in and buy them. And people were like, no, Nintendo would never buy them. You're being completely serious. I'm like, no, I'm not being serious. But, but it's really interesting that uh, Bungie keeps leaving these agreements because they want to be independent and then just a couple years later they wind up getting into an even bigger agreement than the one that they were in before um and uh, Questbuster says, uh, for me, the Bungie acquisition isn't as massive as uh, Activision Blizzard by Microsoft, but it does add a story studio with expertise and IP to their collection alongside Naughty Dog and Insomniac. Uh, and S. Sharon Matt says, folks are getting concerned that too much consolidation is going on in the industry. Now realize, Bungie is one developer. It, this is not a publisher. Uh, maybe they self-publish titles, but but they're not. This is not at the same level as. Um, as 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 Activision Blizzard, but here's where I'm kind of thinking some of this is going, or why they're doing this. Because you got to realize, like Microsoft jumped into the number three largest gaming largest company in the gaming industry with their acquisition of uh, Activision Blizzard. 
Sony was at number two before buying Bungie. Now they own Bungie. But Sony was the number two. And Microsoft's number three. Number one is Tencent. And I'm beginning to wonder if this isn't necessarily Microsoft and fortifying against each other, but rather Microsoft and Sony fortifying against Tencent because Tencent is the largest player in the gaming industry. And they're in China. And I don't want to get into like any kind of geopolitical stuff, but currently the Chinese government has put a halt on allowing any new games to enter the Chinese market. In order to get a game published in China, you have to get uh, accepted and accredited by the Chinese government. And right now, uh, the Chinese government has put a halt to all of that. So Tencent cannot grow in China right now. They have to stick with the games that are already on the market that have already been approved by the Chinese government. They can't get anything else approved. So they're going to have to reach out into other markets. Markets that traditionally Sony has dominated, uh, the United States where Microsoft dominated for a short time. That is where Tencent's going to have to go because they can't grow in China right now. Um, they're probably hoping that changes, but the Chinese government believes that the population is playing too many video games, so they're putting a limit to the video games. It was a story a couple weeks ago, uh, and I didn't really get into all the details of it. But I honestly think that it's more Microsoft and Sony are more scared of what Tencent might do if they really, really, really do try to get into the American market, to get into the European market. Markets where traditionally uh, Western companies uh, or Western subsidiaries of these companies, because Sony is technically in Japan, uh, where where these have been dominated. And I think that's actually the the worry. And QuestBuster says, China's top mobile games in China are mostly do uh, dominated by Tencent. The restrictions have hit their bottom line, but they're still a juggernaut. But you see, here's the thing. Companies always want to grow. So... Keeping the status quo is not really an option when you're running a company. You need to grow somehow. And if you can't grow in China, that means you need to grow elsewhere. And Tencent has already tr started to make inroads into, uh, into Western game development uh, and game studios like Riot Games, Epic Games, all part of Tencent. And I think that Microsoft and Sony are probably seeing what Tencent's doing. It's like, we need to make sure that Tencent doesn't run us out of business. Questbuster even says Warframe and League of Legends and a host of others are all owned by Tencent uh, for perspective. So I actually think that's what's going on here is that they're trying to fortify against Tencent because we can sit here and say Microsoft's a monopoly. Tencent wants to be that monopoly. And Tencent's based in China. So that's what I think the bigger picture is that none of us are seeing. All of us at the, this little, at the podcast level, at this, you know, watching this Twitch stream level, we're all sitting here going, oh, well, it's about wanting this first-person shooter exclusive to their console. I don't think that's what this is about at all. I think it's the traditional game industry trying to put up defenses against the new game industry juggernaut, uh, new to us game industry juggernaut that is Tencent. And I think it's a lot more than, oh, Microsoft wants Call of Duty to be exclusive to its platform. I think it's a lot more than that.
Mike Def says consolidation and fortification. I think it's more fortification because there's so many other studios that haven't been bought yet. Like it's it's yes, it's a little bit of consolidation, but I'm not sounding the alarm bells yet. There are still major game publishers that are not owned by a Microsoft or a Sony or a Tencent. As Sharon and Matt says, Jeff Keighley tweeted out that he's saying that he's heard from different sources that multiple studio acquisition deals are in the works and haven't been leaked yet. So this year is going to be interesting. And Questbuster says, to add to Bobby's point, Tencent has been creeping along quietly for years, investing in a wide variety of studios across the world. They might not have to own a studio, but they have fingers in a lot of pies. Like, yes, like Epic Games is not a, is not completely owned by Tencent. It's just partially owned by Tencent. Riot Games, not completely owned by Tencent, just partially owned by Tencent. So we're sitting here concentrating on the Microsoft and the Sony when Tencent's over here amassing a lot of influence. As Sharon Matt says, I'm not overly concerned with this much, much consolidation at the moment. I feel like companies and teams are always splitting off from other companies and making new indie studios. Example, Frost Giant Games is a new studio spurned off from former Blizzard projects. I feel like the industry is somewhat cyclical in this respect. We'll see how this year goes, though. Uh, we saw that before. I mean, Respawn Entertainment, that's old Infinity War of developers. Um, we, we see this a lot. Um, and so, and I'm sure, like, Bungie looked at their bottom line and looked at uh, destiny and stuff uh, and, and how things are going and realize they couldn't do it on their own. Tiger says, we'll hear more about these acquisitions during E3 2022 more than likely, but Tiger Claw E3 2022 doesn't exist yet. It's not happening in person. And as of right now, it's not even happening virtually. They've canceled the in-person one and they haven't said if they're doing a virtual one yet. We just assume they are, but never assume with them. One of the things that is interesting about this acquisition is that Sony is uh, paying, spending a lot of money to retain talent because uh, one of the things that winds up happening whenever any company gets bought uh, is that people leave. And uh, what what an acquiring company can do if they want to keep the talent and keep the people uh, in it uh, is you offer them uh, reasons to stay. And a lot of those reasons to stay have to deal with money. And that's actually what most of this $3.6 billion purchase price, which some analysts have said they vastly overpaid for this. But one-third of it, according to Kotaku, approximately one-third of this $3.6 billion acquisition consists primarily of deferred payments to employee shareholders. Uh, conditional upon their continued employment and other retention incentives. Um, so uh, this was uh, in Sony's uh, earnings presentation this week. Uh, approximately $1.2 billion will be paid out over several years with an estimated two-thirds to be paid within the first two years following the acquisition's official closing date. Uh, Sony paying um, Sony is paying for the people as much as they are for Destiny 2, according to this. Uh, so in addition to big plans uh, for the future of Destiny 2, Bungie's popular and continually updated sci-fi looter shooter, the 900-employee studio is working on other projects, including an original new IP that was scheduled to release by 2025. So Sony paid $229 million, with an M, for Insomniac Games in 2019. Uh, so Bungie has doubled the number of employers. At 900 people, $1.2 billion still comes out to about $1 million per developer. But obviously, some folks will make more, and some folks will make less. 
Uh, as the Washington Post uh, reported earlier this week, some developers view Sony's generous pay- generous payout as golden handcuffs. Quote, I don't really understand the time frames or ramifications just yet. It seems designed to retain folks for at least a couple of years, unquote. You think? Yes. That's exactly what it is. That is absolutely 100% what it is. Congratulations. You figured it out. According to the Washington Post, employees will receive 50% of their total equity payouts when the deal closes and the rest in subsequent years. After that point, it's unclear how many developers will stay at the company. Those who spoke with the Washington Post were generally optimistic about Bungie's future under Sony, though a few remained cautious given some of the burnout-inducing working conditions at other first-party PlayStation studios like Naughty Dog and Sony Santa Monica. During its recent investor presentation, Sony also announced the ambitious goals of releasing 10 live service games in the next four years and doubling first-party game revenue by 2025. So the other side of this is that uh, what is happening to, uh, you know, like will Destiny, whatever the next game from Bungie is, which is probably not going to be Destiny 3. Destiny 3 was supposed to come by in 2022 but that was because of activision when bungie left activision they basically took all the work they had already done on destiny 3 and basically put it into destiny 2 uh as these expansions and like the destiny content vault and things like that but there are other games that are be coming out at bungie and are they going to stay sony exclusive because that's what microsoft's doing with activision games is that they're going to be microsoft exclusive once the current deals run out uh, and Sony has said no. They're 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 going to be able to be whatever wherever they want. And I have a theory as to why. And it's because Sony wants Bungie because of what is called a live service game, which are these continually updating games like Destiny, Destiny Two. You can even count MMOs into this, uh, you know, as a live service game, a game as a service. And that's what Sony really wants. And so a lot of these live service games. Like, you know, which also include things like Rocket League, uh, make all their money on either subscription fees like MMOs or in microtransactions and DLC. And it probably would behoove Sony if they have if they make a free to play game like a next game that's like Destiny, it would behoove them to have it on all the consoles Um, more so than a, a $60 title or a $70 title now. Uh, that is exclusive to their platform. And uh, Tiger Claw says the Marvel's Avengers game is a live service game too. Yes, like Marvel's Avengers, that's another live service game. Uh, so all the games that are like these looter shooters and or looter adventure games and stuff. And I think that is a different economic mindset than a game that you sell for 70 bucks, like a Call of Duty. And Questbuster says, on the earnings call, Sony also provided an answer to a question on on Bungie that they wanted to see Bungie's IP go multidimensional into other media like television. So, yes, they would love to see a Destiny TV series. I mean, Sony's got a TV arm. They've got a movie. They've got a movie studio. Uh, Sony's well more adept at doing that than Microsoft is. So I can kind of see that if they were trying to do more with the live service that they want to uh, keep things multi-platform on you know they're not going to restrict uh to just being on playstation and that's also why they're probably trying to retain this talent because when you're doing a live service game you want to keep that institutional knowledge inside your company people who've worked on destiny 2 for years they don't want to lose a lot of that talent because they know the ins and outs of destiny 2 
Um, it's it's a huge, huge program with huge a lot of moving parts. And if you have a mass exodus of talent because of the acquisition, that's going to hurt the game, and that's going to hurt the service. Because remember, you got to look at Destiny. Not it's a game, but it's a game as a service. So you're trying to keep the the service intact without too many bumps in the road. So that's why they're offering these. Yes, they're golden handcuffs. It doesn't mean you can't leave. It just means you're going to lose out on a lot of money. And this is why, uh, th- this is why there's when you join a company, a high end tech company, a lot of times they'll offer you a salary and they'll offer you options uh, as part of your salary, the stock options. Uh, and this is where that comes into play is that now if they want to fully vest on their options at the sale price, they need to stick around for a couple of years. This is exactly what companies will do with executives. Maybe not so with this is very common with executives, uh, not in the Activision case, but other times like they will pay, you know, you you get your full part of whatever you're invested in if you stay with the company for two years, which is why uh, and you've probably even seen it uh, with, uh, I think, Bioware. I think this was one where Bioware's founders, when Bioware got bought, uh, Bioware's founders exited exactly two years later. That's because they had those golden handcuffs for two years. And in order to get all the money, they needed to stay for two years. I think that's why they're doing this and seeing that they're going to invest in the talent uh, means that they really care about the expertise of running a live service game as successful as Bungie has with Destiny 2, whether or not you like Destiny. Uh, it's, that's just that's the truth. That's the case. And uh, I, I think that uh, they, they want to keep that institutional talent in, in the house. Questbuster says, despite my own issues with Destiny 2, a lot of other players still enjoy the game and are hugely invested in it and in its world. And as Sharon Matt says, I guess they feel the live service will do better if it's heavily supported by a bigger company. Like it or not, Fortnite is the mold that everyone has to follow. And Fortnite still not available on iOS. Just saying that. So uh, there are other uh, acquisitions in the works from uh, Sony and Microsoft. Nintendo has already come out saying we're not going to do that. We're not going to we're not in the interest of acquiring companies, uh, which they have acquired companies. They just acquired a company a couple months ago, uh, the company that did. uh, And I'm kind of trying to remember exactly who it was they acquired, but it was very easy. uh, A Canadian game studio. So uh, Next Level Games was acquired in uh, in uh, about a year ago, January of 2021. Uh, so they did uh, Luigi's Mansion 3. But um, Nintendo really likes the Nintendo DNA. And if it's another studio uh, that had its own culture, they don't have Nintendo's culture. And that's where Nintendo is at with acquiring studios. And that's why they don't do it as much. But Microsoft and Sony are both going to still acquire studios. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens um, and how big these acquisitions are. Speaking of acquisitions... Something else uh, was acquired this uh, this past week, and it was kind of sad for for a lot of casu- for a lot of casual players and for me. The Verge reports that the Smash Online word game Wordle. Oh yeah, I'm talking about Wordle on my video game podcast. Everybody's already going to mute the keyword right now, so you don't have to see those little green dots and gray dots that screen readers hate and are really bad for accessibility. But anyway, it's been bought by the New York Times. So you're going to get to see less of Wordle on your feed, on your social media feeds. Uh, It will integrate the daily word puzzle into the New York Times game suite of word games. Uh, Creator Josh Wardle, 
Yes, his last name is Wardle, W-A-R-D-L-E, announced today or earlier this week. Uh, Wardle will, quote, initially remain free to new and existing players, unquote, once it moves over to the Times website. Uh, and Wardle says that he's working with the New York Times to preserve players' existing wins and streak data once the game heads to its new home. That said, the New York Times announcement leaves plenty of room for the company to decide to put it behind its paywall in the future. In the announcement of the sale, uh, for a price the New York Times announcement reports is an, quote, undisclosed price in the low seven figures, unquote. So it's over a million dollars. Wardle explains that running the hugely popular game has been a little overwhelming, especially considering that he's the only person who actually handles running the entire game. Uh, according to the New York Times, quote, we are could not be more thrilled to become the new home and proud stewards of this magical game and are honored to help bring Josh Wardle's cherished creation to more solvers in the months ahead, unquote. And that was uh, Jonathan Knight, the general manager for the New York Times games. Uh, so when it moves over to the New York Times, uh, Wordle will join a lineup of popular daily puzzles, including the New York Times crossword, the mini crossword, spelling bee, letterbox, tiles, and vertex. Uh, so... And everybody's like, oh, it's going to still be free to play. It's going to be great. The great thing about Wordle, which if you haven't heard played Wordle, there was a, a game show, television game show called Lingo back in like the 70s and 80s. It's, it's that. Um, but it was, you could play it once a day. It was browser based. It had no ads. And you played it. And the, the viral component of it was that he made a thing where you could tweet your results with these little boxes gray boxes, yellow boxes, green boxes that basically said how you did. And that's what it was. And it's actually a really, really simple program to make. And, and the great thing is like you can find, you can see the sort, it's all written in JavaScript. It's all run locally in your browser. So you can actually even see the code. You can even see the answers. Uh, the answers are all hard coded in the game. Uh, so you can go and you can inspect the source. And if you know what you're doing, uh, you can inspect the source and don't do this if you're in the state of Missouri, because apparently inspecting the source code of a web page in the state of Missouri is a felony uh, because a newspaper reporter uh, got arrested for hacking because they put teachers security, social security numbers inside a website and he found it in the source and he's now in jail uh, and the governor says it, it's a felony. But anyway, be careful. But if you uh, uh, viewed the source, you can actually go into the JavaScript file and you can actually see the array of all the words and they're all in order. Of uh, of what the word is, so you can actually see what tomorrow's word is, the next word, next day, next day, next day, next day. Um, and E three E three says I didn't know it was browser at first. There's a lot of fake ones on Android. The funny thing is, there was already an app called Wordle. It's been around for a couple of years, uh, and it's by somebody else. And so a lot of people like he got all these purchases because everybody thought it was the Wordle game that everybody's tweeting about, and it wasn't. Uh, but he wound up donating all the profits to, uh, to um, he talked to Josh Wardle and donated all the profits he got from his app sales uh, to like a charity foundation that they both agreed on or something like that. Uh, and Fitzream says, yes, you can save the website and play for five years offline. So you, you can do that. Um, but it's actually an easy game to code. I've already rewritten it a couple times. Uh, and it's going to be one of my new things to where, like, when I want to learn a new language, like, Wordle is... Uh, Hangman was one of my first games. But I might actually do Wordle. I've already rebuilt Wordle in Commodore 64 Basic, for instance. Um, it just doesn't have the big word list or anything like that. Uh, but it's it's it just goes to show that, you know, if you have an idea and you get viral, you can make a million dollars. Because it probably only took them, like, 20 to 30 hours to make Wordle, the game, the game that's up there. 
And everybody's like, oh, it's going to stay free to play. I'm sorry. The New York Times did not spend a million dollars to not get a return on their investment. And they're not going to need to get a return on their investment right now. They're not going to do it next month. But they're going to eventually put ads on the page. Banner ads. And eventually they're going to put in... uh, they're going to they're gonna put it behind a paywall or you can do more behind a paywall uh, and maybe sp- some sponsored words. They're going to get something out of it. They spent a million, over a million dollars for this JavaScript game that, some, that probably took the guy about 20 to 30 hours to make. Uh, they're going to need to get their money back on that. Uh, and uh, Fifth Dream says, yeah, the spokesman said it will remain free to play at the time of launch. And when pressed, he laughed and was like, at the time of release. So, yeah, it's Wordle. Enjoy it now if you are playing it. Um, enjoy it while it lasts. But realize it's not going to last much longer. Or just build your own. And a lot of people have built their own. Uh, it, it's it's actually it's a, it's a nice, simple concept. And if you want to get into... Uh, some kind of like programming, make make it a good programming challenge. If you want to learn how to write a program, a computer program, uh, and it just happens to be a game, it's a text-based game, so you don't have to worry as much about graphics, but uh, it's actually a kind of a neat thought experiment on how you can implement your own Wordle. Mike Def says, Vogdal, maybe. Here's the other thing that we got to worry about. Now the New York Times owns this. The New York Times has the ability to send lawyers after you. And that's one of the things that uh, Josh Wardle was fighting with is that somebody made, because you can build it in just, you know, 20 hours, uh, somebody actually made the Wordle app and sold it. And it was literally the exact same game with this. It was, uh, it, you know, because the Wordle app that was up before was not the same game. It just happened to be also called Wordle. Uh, but the Wordle app that was on the App Store that somebody had made uh, was the exact same game. And Josh Wardle had to basically spend a lot of time, free time, uh, to to get rid of that. So now the New York Times has the ability to get to to take out people that do this. Um, and Ethan Vale says, "Is it trademark now? It might not be trademark now, but it will be. New York Times is absolutely going to file the trademark. They're going to file a copyright on it once they own the code. Uh, they're going to get all that, all that straightened out." Um, and they're going to have to make their own version of it that is not so easily hackable by viewing the source. Uh, so, And that's going to probably fall under their intellectual property, and then they're going to defend it just like any, anybody else defends their gaming IP. So that's, I think, another reason why Josh Wardle sold. Realize that Josh Wardle created it just for him and his partner to play. Like, he, he it was basically like it's a spare time thing for him, and it was something him and his partner played. Uh, and some of their friends and family played it, and they're like, "Man, I wish I could share this." So that's when he put in the tweet function in like November, and then everybody started, and then it just proliferated from there from these tweets. So yeah, as Sharon Matt says, New York Times will cease and desist the world of clones pretty quick. So uh, enjoy it now while it lasts, or uh, write your own. Uh, I, I've done it a, a little bit, and uh, it, it's not that difficult of a programming challenge. So it's a pretty easy coding challenge. So if you want to. If you want to test your coding chops in whatever uh, whatever programming language you use, uh, try to try to remake Wordle. I used to do Hangman, like, but now it might be Wordle. Speaking of something that's ceasing and desisting, not really. Uh, it's not gonna it's not gonna cease. 
Um, the Verge reports that one year after Google revealed that it now saw Google Stadia Cloud Gaming as more of a technology platform for industry partners rather than a true rival to Sony, Nintendo, and Microsoft, and Tencent. Business Insider is now reporting that Stadia Gamers' fears have come true. The entire Stadia project has been demoted within Google, uh, and its new priority is to power experiences from companies including Peloton, Bungie, and Capcom rather than attracting more games to Stadia itself. In fact, Peloton bike owners might have already experienced the fruits of these labors. Business Insider reports that Peloton's very first video game, Lane Break, was actually powered by Google's cloud gaming technology, now dubbed Google Stream. Uh, But if you were hoping that Google Stadia's own cloud gaming platform would pull itself out of the current precarious situation, where only Ubisoft is continuing to support uh, contribute its latest and greatest games, uh, Business Insider source says not likely. Quote, uh, current and former employers said that the priority was now on proof of concept work for Google Stream and securing white label deals. One estimated about 20% of the focus was on the consumer platform. Uh, they say, quote, there's been plenty of people internally who would love to keep it going. So they're working really hard to make sure it doesn't die, but they're not the ones writing the checks, unquote. Uh, and E3Veal says still no exclusives. Oh, they got rid of the exclusives a year ago. Um, that's gone. That's been gone for about a year. So, uh, yeah, they, they got rid of, like, Google shut down their gaming studios and their first-party stuff uh, probably about six months to a year ago. Like, so they got off that train a while ago. Uh, two sources told Business Insider that Google Stadia boss Phil Harrison now reports to Jason Rosenthal, Google's vice president of subscription services, instead of directly to Google hardware boss Rick Osterloh. That's a demotion for the entire Stadia division, though that's perhaps not too much of a surprise. Stadia wasn't meeting Google's internal expectations, drastically missing sales targets, despite paying tens of millions of dollars per game just to secure ports for the platform, according to reports last year. Uh, Google spokesperson Patrick Siebold provided a statement saying, quote, We announced our intentions of helping publishers and partners deliver games directly to gamers last year and have been working toward that. The first manifestation has been our partnership with AT&T, who is offering Batman Arkham Knight available to their customers for free. While we won't be commenting on any rumors or speculation regarding other industry partners, we are still focused on bringing great games to Stadia in 2022. With 200-plus titles currently available, we expect to have another 100-plus games added to the platform this year and currently have 50 games available to claim from Stadia Pro. Later in the day, Stadia subtweeted, and basically they put out a tweet saying, quote, if you hear one thing, hear this. The Stadia team is working really hard on a great future for Stadia and cloud gaming. We hope you agree, and we know that the proof is in the playing, unquote. Uh, and E3VL says this sucks for people who bought games on the surface. They're not shutting down Stadia. What they're doing is deprioritizing it. They're demoting it. So they're going to keep it going for right now. But don't expect games that you can only play on Stadia, uh, like the stuff that they pro- uh, proposed early on. Uh, and I got to say this, like about the technology, the Google Stadia technology, if you are in an area that has good bandwidth and you don't have to worry about data caps, I will admit, and I do have to worry about data caps, but it's still, this holds true. The technology works really well. Uh, and and I, I'm, I do know what I'm talking about. Uh, if I do own state, I, I actually got the Stadia with the Chromecast Ultra. Uh, I was a founding member. This thing's actually blue. It's the founding one. Uh, so I, I've, I've had it since the beginning, and it works really well. And I've played games in 4K, and it works really well. The technology is solid. Uh, and, and so if you are in a place that can handle that technology, it's really solid. 
the service, the stadia service left a lot to be desired. And that has never really been Google's strong suit is the service. And they have a history of shutting down their own services. Techlaw even brings that up. And E3VL says, maybe Microsoft or Sony will buy them in the future. Uh, no, they already own streaming platforms. Um, Microsoft has Game uh, xCloud or uh, Game Pass on the cloud. And that's Microsoft's own version. Sony, they've already bought a streaming provider. They bought Gaikai. And that's what PlayStation Now was running off of. Uh, and they've got that, and that's actually running on Microsoft servers. That's running on, on Azure servers is what PlayStation Now is running off of. So they already own streaming technology. They don't need Google's streaming technology. Tencent might buy them. And as Jared Matt says, Amazon has their own gaming service as well. Yeah, they've got their Luna. Uh, so th- this, is not, uh, th- this is not anything uh, that other companies need. The technology is out there with other companies. That's why Google is instead going to try to keep it themselves and make it a service uh, to other companies or release them for other companies, kind of like what Microsoft's doing for Connect. Uh, you don't use Connect as a consumer anymore, but there are there are other clients, their business clients that use the Connect technology in what they're doing. Uh, and I think that's what Google wants to do now with Google Stream is to have these um, low latency, high uh, high quality inter- interactive entertainment over a streaming service and they're going to offer this to companies like peloton microsoft's not interested in using their gamecast technology with peloton bikes um sony isn't necessarily interested in using playstation now to run things for peloton bikes um amazon probably yes but google is probably in the best location right now for them to be able to do that sacred jade asks, isn't deprioritizing the first bet a step to decon- discontinuation yes it is the first step, like the the writings on the wall, um, and uh, uh, th- this is the downside. This is why I'm glad I didn't buy any games on the service. Uh, but uh, this, this the writing's kind of on the wall for the service, and who knows how many years it's going to last. Like they could string it out for a couple more years. And Tiger Law says there's also GeForce Now from NVIDIA. So like, there are other services. Like nobody's going to buy Stadia or Google Stream away from Google because there's already enough other alternatives out there. So uh, we are going to take a very quick music break just so I can rest my voice for a second. Uh, and then uh, if somebody uh, wants to call in, I know it's a little bit late, but if there's anybody, I don't know if there's anybody that wants to call. We do have a green room voice chat channel, vognumber.com slash discord. Get in there. Uh, and maybe I'll take a call. We'll see uh, after this music break. You're participating with the Bobby Blackwell Show here on the Voice of Geeks Network at twitch.tv slash vognetwork. Hey, this is Bill from Nintendo Switchcraft, and you you can tell that I'm participating with the Bobby Blackwell Show because I got his microphone. That's right. Uh... He's not over at Run Jump Stop anymore. Uh, he, or he is, but uh, he actually also does. Uh, he, he's on YouTube, and he does uh, Nintendo. He did a Stadia cast. He does the Stadia podcast. So I'm sure he's not very thrilled with the news. But yes, check him out. He's over at YouTube at Run Jump Stop. Uh, over at Run Jump Stop over at YouTube does Nintendo Switchcraft Stadia cast. I think he's got a Steam Deck podcast. He does a lot of that stuff. Also, I don't usually get to mention this. Uh, I am a proud member of the Georgia Influencers Network, which is part of the Georgia Game Developers Association. Of, uh, but we are uh, kind of game inv- uh, influencers, which means YouTube, Twitch, uh, Instagram, 
TikTok, stuff like that. Uh, and uh, usually I don't get these notices in time to be able to promote something, but something happening here in Georgia uh, on the web uh, that's part of the Georgia Influencers Network on Tuesday, February 8th at 7 p.m. Eastern. The Georgia Game Developer Association will be giving a first look at the best games made at the global game jam locations across the state of Georgia. So the first look is over at youtube.com slash GGDA organic. Uh, so give that a shot. Uh, check it out. Uh, the Global Game Jam happened, I think, two weeks ago over the weekend. And there were uh, sites all around the country and people at home, obviously. Uh, so you can see what uh, what people made over the weekend. We actually do have a call. We do have a caller on the line. So I'm going to bring this person in and we're going to see what they want to talk about. Uh, Bobby Black will show you are on the air. Who is this? Hey, this is Mike Deft. Mike Deft, what's going on? It's good to hear from you again. Yeah, I'm back, and I'm. Uh, I want to talk about uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus. Okay. And for me, it has been a really, really great experience so far. Mm-hmm. I've only played it uh, for five days, but it's like I, I feel like I'm gonna be playing this game for a, a long while. So, um, and 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 I can talk its praises and all that, but mm-hmm. uh, I wanna. I pretty much like kind of want to convince you to buy it or okay. to get it or play it. Okay. Because yeah, you talked about that you're not being like good with stealth games and mm-hmm. all that. Yeah. Uh, me too. I'm I'm a person who doesn't like stealth games because I don't have the patience to right to like do that and be like uh, sigilous yeah. and waiting all that. No, in this case. It's, it's like sneaking is like one of the things you can do, but it's mm-hmm. not necessarily something that requires too much skill or that mm-hmm. you be you have to be like really, really dexterous. Mm-hmm. So it's like really easy to play and the, and the game teaches you uh, pretty well what you can do at the beginning, right at the beginning. Uh, you can just pretty much go to the Pokemon if it's like a, a really low level one and you can just throw your Pokeball mm-hmm. and that's it. It's obviously easier if you sneak them, uh, if you sneak uh, uh, behind them and throw the Pokeball. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can also battle them, weak them like in the normal games and mm-hmm. catch them that way. So if your worries is that you're not going to be like really skilled to pull some of the stuff the game mm-hmm. probably asked you to, you should probably not worry. Mm-hmm. The The only thing that can probably can turn some people off is, uh, is the boss battles. Okay. The boss battles do require some skill because the game does teaches you how to dodge. Mm-hmm. And, and some of the fights can be... Not necessarily stressful, but can be overwhelming. Okay. Because they, uh, it's kind of like a bullet hell, to, okay. to uh, summarize it in some way. So you have to dodge the, the attacks the Pokemon uh, throws you. Some of the attacks can, the, the pretty much the Pokemon can go against you. Like, it, mm-hmm. it charges against you. So you have to be, like, really, really timeful of, of how you dodge. But at the same time, the game is really forgiving in that sense mm-hmm. because uh, you can be dodging and you have like invisibility frames. I don't know how how to call them because they're not I-frames. actually that. They're actually well, I yeah, iframes, invincibility frames usually, yeah. 
Mm, yeah, uh, but uh, again, uh, not necessarily that they're invisibility or iframes, but mm-hmm. kind of similar to that, where you can pretty much dodge the attack when the attack happens and you will not hit the head. But it's mm-hmm. not necessarily iframes, but maybe they are. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, again, it's like it's kind of forgiving in that sense, but it will take you some time. But at the same, yeah. uh, again, the game does like um, make it easier if you advance it at a certain point in the battle. Mm-hmm. It will it will give you the option to restart it completely or to start from that point mm-hmm. or restart or rather from that point. So it's not and there's no penalty like. If you die in the game uh, from a fall or that a Pokemon mm-hmm. faints you, something like that, you lose items. But in that case, I did. I actually did lose uh, uh, lose rather uh, a battle against a boss, and there was no penalty. So even mm-hmm. like that, it's not. It will make it will make it too frustrating uh, right. unless it's like a really really bad fight. Right. No, I mean, and, and like, don't get me wrong. It's, it's not that I'm unskilled. Uh, you know, I I can dodge things in games. Like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not that bad. I I play it up that I'm 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 bad at games, but I'm not that bad. Um, but I mean, okay, well, I mean that, but that's good to know about kind of the stealth thing. I I know that I'm pretty sure that you have to do more stealth if you want to like get 100, percent which I've got to like teach myself not to worry about getting 100 percent of anything. Um, but but also like I I understand that like. It's not just about like over leveling or having the right team for some of these as well. And so that that's a little bit of a departure. Granted, me with my whole like one Pokemon game I've played in my life to completion or to credits. Let's let's say credits, not completion. Um, that probably shouldn't be as big of a deal for me, but but it it does seem like it's a little bit more of a of of a hardcore thing for, for fans who are already immersed in the, the universe. Um, what do you think about how it brings people in who probably aren't as familiar with uh, the Pokemon lore of the present? Well, it's kind of hard to put it, but but I can easily like recommend this game over something like Sword and Shield or mm-hmm. Brilliant Diamond, Shining Pearl, which are more traditional. Mm-hmm. Because of the open, open, and not necessarily the open world in the map, the open, the openness the, the game has in terms of gameplay. Mm-hmm. Because in this game, I, I, I can pretty much say, like, or easily say, that I, I'm not the best. I am, I, I know Pokemon up and right and all that, but I'm not the most skilled. I, I do not know all the moves. I don't know mm-hmm. every thing about how battles work in in this game they don't matter at all it's like you can have any pokemon and i have changed my team like four times right now mm-hmm. because of so many pokemon that i've caught and so many uh, like awesome things i have gotten it's like uh, i think the the main selling point of this game is exploration Rather than than just like building a team and build and going for your favorites, it's like mm-hmm. really it's it really invites you to explore. So that's why I think so many people compare it to Breath of the Wild mm-hmm. too, because in in that game you can get lost, but not in the, in a bad way. Like oh, I'm I don't know where to go. It's like mm-hmm. there's so much to explore. There's so much to do, and this game 
it, it feels really, really similar to that, even though it's not necessarily like Breath of the Wild, it's more like Monster Hunter in mm-hmm. some senses. But the the exploration is like really, really good. And, and again, it's like, uh, obviously you have to complete the Pokedex because of the story, but, right. but at the same time, it's something that will naturally come. It's like mm-hmm. something that we, you will do anyways at, at the end of the day. Because the game pretty much invites you to do to do right. so within the maps within the game itself. Okay. Well, uh, very very good elevator pitch. Uh, I commend you on your elevator pitch. Uh, <laughs> I am still not convinced to buy it at full price yet. Um, but understandable. Uh, but uh, you know, maybe if it goes on sale or or something, maybe I'll give it a shot. Um, but uh, but because it's good about the stealth thing, like and you know. A lot, a lot of people are liking it, and a lot of people, people are saying this is their favorite Pokemon game. Uh, I'm, I, you know, I've heard people say that because of the battle system and the way that it's presented. Everything, you know, maybe, yeah, there's issues with the textures and stuff, but that's like superficial stuff. Like that's that's what I've heard about. But but like the gameplay is actually really solid in this. So I'm I'm I'm, I'm glad to see other things coming out in the Pokemon world. So, and Taiko no Tatsujin now works on PC. By the way, and Yay, I am, and I am much better on it on PC than I am on Xbox. I'm actually like full comboing hard, uh, not perfect comboing, but I'm full comboing on hard. So, uh, was not able to do that on the Xbox version. So, going back to last week. All right, uh, thanks for your call. I appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me. So uh, awesome. So uh, yeah. So we're now going to very quickly. Talk about what's coming up next here on the Voice of Geeks Network at twitch.tv slash Network. It's Orange Lounge Radio. It's three people out in Sacramento, California. They talk about games for much, much longer than I do, and they are better at games than I am, so they can get good at these games. Uh, like, you know, and, and uh, we had uh, uh, Peleonimea said, my favorite game tip of all time was South Park's uh, Stick of Truth. If you're having trouble in the battles, try getting better at the game. And that I really should take that advice. Sacramento, are you there? Hi, yeah, I'm here, Bobby. How are you? I, I am doing well. I am. I, I need to get good at games. Uh, we were just talking about Pokemon Legends, uh, yep. and and trying to get me to buy it, and it, it didn't get me to buy it at full price. But now I'm not opposed to buying it on sale at some point in the future. There you go. So he ta- he talked you down a peg at least. Yes. Um. So yeah. So uh, we're getting all these acquisitions in the industry. Are you worried about this consolidation and, and this fortification against either each other or Tencent or or what have you? No, um, I'm not because, you know, a lot of the great uh, games that uh, end up coming out are people that end up leaving these companies and starting their own studio. I mean, tale as old as time in the game industry is people get fed up with the big machine. They go off, they do their own thing, and then eventually their own thing gets so successful it gets bought back into the collective. So it's just this cycle I think we see over and over, uh, which is what makes Sony's, um, you know, strategy to make sure they retain uh, individuals throughout this, uh, particularly of interest because i think it's a very smart strategy um otherwise you know they could stand to lose people who maybe for whatever reason aren't um feeling this deal for whatever reason um but it does seem to me that a lot of this talk because we also had this last week you know the government kind of confirmed they're going to be looking into the uh, microsoft and activision blizzard deal but boy sony really gave them a freebie on this one didn't they Mm mm-hmm yeah, and uh, but and the thing about Bungie is that they've they've made multiple statements in the past that they've liked to be fiercely independent. They don't want to be owned by someone else. That's why they've left 
they've actually left being owned by Microsoft. They left being owned by Activision, and now they're they're right back in with Sony. And it seems like the 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 leaving of Activision was not long ago. Like that was only a couple of years ago. And they're right. like, we want to be independent. Now they're with an even larger company. Well, if Bobby Kotick had been your CEO, you'd probably be a, a little yes. bit triggered for a few years as well. So it probably just took him a, a, a little time and a little money to warm up to the idea. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So what what do you think about, like, because I, I know I brought this up, and I don't know if you're going to bring this up on OLR or anything, but, like, the, the idea of, like, Tencent is being looming over here, because that's kind of what I think is happening, is that with Tencent not being able to grow in China, now companies over here are like, wait a minute, here they come. Yeah, um, it's an interesting thought and something that's certainly um, probably on the table, especially when we heard that Activision was trying to pitch themselves to other suitors besides Microsoft. It certainly seems reasonable that um, uh, Tencent was probably one of them. I, I For some reason, I still associate Tencent a lot with the mobile space and that side mm -hmm. of gaming. Yes, I know they have League of Legends and things that are not necessarily in the mobile space, but um, Tencent is sort of not really, um, I, I think because maybe they don't have a home console, they don't even have a cloud uh, delivery system as far as I know yet um it still feels like they're sort of boxed out of comp competing in the same way but that's not to say they're certainly you know a formidable gaming organization i just think they have their hands and other ingredients than uh, microsoft and sony um i think this is more just kind of like the longevity of sony I, I obviously this can't be a counter move to what microsoft just did because these sorts of talks had to have been uh in process for a very long time um but i think sony kind of knew that you know obviously microsoft bought seven developers not that long ago and I think Sony sort of felt the need to have something um, in-house. I think you made a very good case that um, games as a service is not something Sony uh, that I can think of off the top of my head really has a horse in the race in. I mean, they sold off their EverQuest and the online stuff quite some time ago, if I remember right. So um, they really don't have an, ex you know, they, they sure, they make great games. They make great Horizon, uh, God of War and those sorts of things. But none of those really exist on an ongoing thing. And my my guess is they had a special sneak peek to whatever Bungie's working on next. Because remember, Destiny had a lot of deals with Sony. Like, yeah. remember, Sony had like the extra maps and things. So yeah. it's it's certainly here's your word, plausible, mm -hmm. that Sony gets, you know, to see some of these things in advance to form these strategic partnerships. And I think Sony saw something that they have to have. Yeah. Yep. And uh, ZenMonkey11 in chat says that's why they're called Bungie. They always attach themselves to those safety cord companies. It definitely seems like they're bouncing up and down and all around the industry, doesn't yeah. it? So uh, what else are you going to be talking about on Orange Lounge Radio tonight? Oh, boy. Uh, well, outside of that, we could talk a little bit about the Nintendo side of things. No, not acquisitions or any of that silly stuff, but um, certainly the sales numbers of the Switch uh, getting more and more impressive. We'll talk about that as well as something new for the Wii U. So the Wii U isn't quite dead. It's just mostly dead. Uh, and then I think this is a, a big one, and um, uh, 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 maybe you'll touch on it in a couple weeks, but I think this is huge, um, especially after Nintendo had shut down that YouTube channel not that long ago. Um, now, granted, the Pokemon company is separate from Nintendo. We should recognize mm -hmm. that. But yeah. it certainly seems interesting that Pokemon has released the Diamond Pearl Music Collection 
as basically a free for all. You can't use it for profit, but you, uh, well, I mean, you can use it in your YouTube's, your streams. They have mm. a player. I mean, there's a lot of stuff, really cool stuff here. This uh, DP sound library that I think everybody's foaming at the mouth going, Sh- show Uncle Nintendo and have them do this too, because people are, are would, yeah. would love this. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. So we'll talk about that too. Well, Orange Lounge Radio is up next, and uh, we won't talk to each other again for three more weeks because I won't be here next week, and you won't you won't be here the next the following week. But you're you're having something very exciting happening in two weeks. You can tune into OLR to find out that, Rob. So good luck with that big change, and mm-hmm. hopefully in three weeks we'll have a great conversation. Sounds good. Hopefully, hopefully there's no tech problems. Cross our fingers and toes. All right, Orange Lounge Radio is up next. Thanks so much, Rob. Thanks as always, Bobby. So uh, that is it for me. Like I said, I will not be here next week. So I will be back alone here on the Fog Network feed in two weeks here at the Voice of Geeks Network Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Vogue Network. I'm going to be hanging out with a small group of people very safely uh, to watch something on television next week. Uh, the Olympics, obviously, is what it's going to be. Uh, so people I haven't seen in a couple of years, um, hopefully going to have a lot of fun. And stuff. So I will not be here next week. Now, Orange Sounds Radio will be here on the Voice Geeks Network. So if you don't care about what's on TV in t- in a week, totally fine. I completely understand. Uh, I you can uh, be here. They start at nine p.m. Eastern, six p.m. Pacific. They're going to have a regular show, just like always. Uh, and you can tune in there. And then I will be back alone in two weeks uh, when OLR has the week off. So we're just going to trade off weeks off. Uh, so look forward to that. And uh, join us there or join us on our Discord server, vognetwork.com slash Discord. Uh, that is where I'll be for the next two weeks. We can talk about things, uh, f- talk about what uh, what news I'm going to be missing and maybe talking about in two weeks. And you can structure the show that way. Uh, if you like the show, tell a friend. If you hate the show, tell an enemy. I don't care. Just tell someone. The show is not for everybody, but it may be for somebody who doesn't know about it yet. But we would not be able to make this all happen without the people who have gone above and beyond uh, more than just watching or or listening, uh, love all that. But uh, Johnny Wufi resubscribed tonight to our Twitch channel, so thank you so much. And he, uh, and he said, "Let's go," was the comment donation comment on there. So thank you so much for the resubscription. Gets you access to our VODs, so you can see the podcast episodes earlier. So uh, yeah, that's it for me. Uh, have a have a safe. If you are going to be going out uh, next week to watch what's what's on TV. Uh, please be safe while you're going driving out there. Uh, there's going to be a lot of people on the road, especially driving back. Be very careful driving back from wherever you're going and, and, you know, make, make good choices in terms of how, how you spend that time out with other people. Uh, we've, we've been doing, dealing with the stuff here in the world for over about two years now. So, you know, it works for you and, uh, you, hopefully you do so and you, 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 you think about it and you make good choices and what works for you and your group. I'm going to hit this button. Uh, And uh, I'll see y'all in two weeks. So have a great rest of your week. And uh, don't go buy any, don't go buying any game studios until I get back. Okay. Thanks. Bye. A winner is you. The views and opinions expressed are those of the hosts, guests, and callers only, and are not necessarily the opinions of the Vogue Network, people who need to hire new voiceover guys, or your mom. Although if Bobby said it, it really should be. This has been a production of Bobby Blackwolf Studios. <laughs>